Welcome to the Life Giver Marriage Podcast, a place for honest conversation and hope for your military or first responder marriage. This is your host, Corey Weathers, and I'm honored to share this journey with you. Close your eyes for a minute if you wanna see the world. The Life Giver app with Corey Weathers is now out and available for iOS and Android devices. You'll have access to the podcast, videos, as well as marriage curriculum that you can access and interact with right inside the app. Download the Life Giver app with Corey Weathers today. Welcome to another episode of Life Giver. This is Corey Weathers. I am so excited to introduce you guys to Tiffany Smiley. Now, if you are registered for the Military Spouse Wellness Summit coming up in March, you're going to get to hear even more of Tiffany's story. Um, but Tiffany has actually been on my heart a lot lately, and I reached out to her, and I, I just decided to connect with her again after doing the interview for the summit, and I was just like, let's do it again. Let's get together and have her on the podcast and share um, a little bit of her story. So you're going to hear her story today, um, but you've also heard in the last episode, I started telling you about this new movement, this new idea for 2018 about telling your story and this idea of life giver stories that really there's a lot of power to being able to know your story, sharing your story, and the impact that that not only has on other people, but the healing that that brings to you. And it sounds like that's exactly what's on Tiffany's heart as well. So it's a perfect timing to bring Tiffany on the podcast. So Tiffany, welcome. Thank you. It's so good to be back. Yeah, you have an incredible story. And so I'd love for us to get into um, just the last 10 to 12 years and what well, I, your story obviously goes way back before yeah. that. Um, but let me just kind of update everybody and give just a little bit of a recap and then I'm going to let you really share the story. Um, Sounds good. But your husband was at, he went to Iraq, your first deployment in the military, right? He yes. went to Iraq and um, huge, just surprise, he was injured and he lost his eyesight. And that set you guys on a completely different path than you were prepared for. So take us back, actually before that, if you even want to, um, but you've been a caregiver for 10 to 12 years now. And that has bloomed into a whole ministry, a whole career path for you. And I'm really excited for you to share that. So take us back a little bit and share your story. Yeah. So, you know, starting out in life is like, I always wanted to be a nurse and that ever since I was in kindergarten, I said, I just want to be a nurse. I just want to care for people and help people. Um, and marrying Scotty, my husband, uh, he was at the United States Military Academy and being in me being a nurse, it was like the picture of the American dream. You know, I thought, oh, the future's bright. This is perfect. What a great profession for me to be a nurse in the military. Um, and very quickly things changed. And um, like you mentioned, on April 6th of 2005, it was just a year and a half after our first wedding anniversary, um, he came face to face with a suicide car bomb and was blinded the rest of his life. Um, paralyzed on the right side of his body for, you know, a month there. They didn't even know if he would survive or make it. And when I got that phone call, I quit my nursing job. Um, and I flew out to Walter Reed and dedicated myself to getting Scotty well again. 
And I, you know, being a nurse, I had that holistic approach. So I knew it was going to take, he would still need a purpose. I knew he would need all these things along his journey. What I didn't know is that it would be as difficult as it was. Mm -hmm. Um, But every day I went in and spoke truth to him and spoke life to him and told him all the incredible things he would be able to do. And I fought for that, um, becoming his advocate and standing up for him on so many levels. And he was able to forgive and rebuild his life and go on to do incredible, amazing things together. We have three wonderful, amazing boys. Um, we stayed on active duty. Had I had my boys all over the country, like many other military spouses, um, and moved, you know, several times. And Scotty wrote a book, and I became his business manager and ran his business. And all of that was wonderful and great, um, but I lost myself. Mm-hmm. I lost who I was, and that was honestly the scariest part of my journey as as a woman, as a, as a wife, as a mother, um, to wake up at the end of that road and look in the mirror and wonder if God still loved me, Mm -hmm. um, was the bomb that went off in my life. And yeah, go ahead. Take me, take me into that a little bit because something happens and we have that immediate response that we want to be the best wife possible. And so we go in there and we have every bit of energy, right? It's being pushed at, how do I speak truth? Yes. How do I encourage you? How do I help you realize that you can make it, right? How did yeah. you go from that to wondering if God still loved you? I know it's, you know, it's it's an incredible, um, it's, it's something I have thought and prayed about a lot because it was, um, for me, it was easy um, to believe that God had a plan for Scotty. Um that came natural. I trusted God for so much for him. I believed in so much for him. But when it came to me, for some reason, I just, I didn't know if God still loved me. I didn't know if he had a plan for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't know who to reach out to. I, w- I was so isolated and everyone, you know, was so focused on Scotty and everyone's thinking, oh, yay, Scotty's better. They must be better. Um, but, you know, grief is an interesting thing. And I think sort of maybe in our culture a little bit, it's, it's overlooked or it's not given the respect that it's due. Um, and I needed to go through grief. I had never gone through it. And I think that was part of my journey is God knew I needed to go through it to love myself again. Um, because my, it was like my pot was empty. Mm-hmm. You know, I had poured everything into Scotty and my family and his career. And not, not that that's, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just on my journey then, you know, you can't pour from an empty pot. Mm -hmm. And I sort of had to learn that the hard way. I had to learn it through, you know, I think everyone's journey is unique and we can all learn from each other in our unique journeys. Um, But, you know, like I said, I found myself at the end of that road, totally empty. And so it was a rebuilding. It was a new road for me to take. It was a new road. And in loving myself and, and believing that God, you know, didn't just put me here to run ragged. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he also had a distinct purpose for me. And in order for me to fulfill that, I did ha- I had to believe in things for myself let and me, I had to love myself again. Let me ask this because I'm trying to put myself in your shoes and think about, you know, what that must have been like and imagine yeah. the emotions and everything. And do you feel like, and the, uh, your interview for the Military Spouse Wellness Summit, you really go deep into a very yeah. vulnerable spot and share yes. with us the signs of burnout that were coming up for you, the yes. um, 
the experience of how you felt like you were really starting at a 10 year mark, really, of being a yeah. caregiver where you really started to um, fall apart and hit a yes. bottom for you. And, and I would highly encourage everybody to register for the summit so you can hear really that story because yeah. um, it's so important, right, for us to know those yes. those moments of those red flags of yes. self-care and burnout. Yeah. And so yeah. when I when I put myself in your shoes, do you feel like you lost yourself because you were so focused on seeing his story that you didn't see yourself inserted into that story? Yeah, it, it was an all out mission to get him well again. And, and I was willing to do, you know, whatever it took. I knew I definitely had a piece in it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had a part of it, of, of his journey, but it was just a, you know, he reached this point where he was well again. Mm-hmm. And where he didn't need you quite as much. He didn't need me like he needed me, you know, prior. And mm-hmm. yeah, there's still, and then, and then there is the pressures of everything else I was still doing. Mm-hmm. There was a lot more on my plate given the, our circumstances and there still is today, but I didn't think there was a way of working around them. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't see that. I didn't, um, you know, so once he didn't need me in a certain way, then I'm kind of sitting there like, who am I? And, how did I get to this point? Um, cause you're well, you're, you're doing well there. I still have all these other responsibilities on my shoulders and I'm sitting here looking in the mirror, like I said, not knowing who I am or what my next step is, mm-hmm. you know, and you what's my purpose. And you mentioned grief was a huge part of this. And you yes. said that the culture doesn't really, um, pay as much attention to grief. And yeah. so do you feel like the culture, um, more so focuses on grief if there is an actual loss of life than we mm-hmm. grieve? Was it because that um, Scotty survived and you didn't realize that there was something else to grieve? Yes, absolutely. So he survived, you know, he got well again and, and he was able to fulfill sort of his purposes in life. Um, he was able to forgive and and rebuild and go through the grief process um, for a couple years Um and, and sort of, you know, renew his strength and that sort of thing. Um, and, and I never did, which is interesting because yes, I still had to grieve the fact that I lost something. Mm-hmm. Um, I lost a future I thought I was going to have. And, and on a certain level, we all have lost something, you know, we all are sort of living a life that maybe we didn't think we would have, or we didn't expect. Um, but I had to grieve the fact that my husband lost his eyes, that he will never run you know, across the park with his kids. Um, he will never push the stroller. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll never drive our car. Like those, and, and it sounds silly, um, maybe to a certain extent, but I had to grieve that loss. That now there was more on my shoulders. And, and for me to move forward, I did, I had to go through that grief. And I think what was most challenging for me is that it was misunderstood. Mm. Um, you know, like, people thought, well, what am I, what is she grieving? Like, like you said, there's not a death. He's still here. Aren't you happy? But it's interesting, you know, we can feel all those, we can feel so many emotions at one time. Like, Mm -hmm. yes, I'm glad he's still alive. Yes. You know, I still have him. Yes. He's a great dad to his kids, but I'm still hurting Mm -hmm. because this, this, and this, because he can't see his kids. And because I drive everywhere and I have all this responsibility. Well, so to be is able, different, like his life, life is, is completely different. different. Yours is different. Yes. Your expectations of the next task, right? Every next yes. task was different. Yes. 
So to be able to, to admit that and grieve it, that I lost that, um, was the first step to rebuilding myself. Um, but like I said, the hardest part was just feeling isolated and, and that's, you know, you kind of test the waters a little bit. And I would say certain comments to people to kind of see their reaction. People really had no understanding of, of what my journey might've been like, which forced me to become even more isolated. Um, but you know, I think God never leaves us in those places and he, um, slowly kept whispering to me, you know, to keep reaching out and, and to keep seeking and and you'll find it. And for me, it was going through that grief process, even though maybe it was, I felt alone, you know, Mm -hmm. um, Scotty eventually came to see it and, and acknowledge it and understand what it was. And, you know, in sharing to my story, it's been incredible. The reaction, um, that I've gotten from other women as well, when, I've said, like, I didn't grieve until 10 years later. And women will pull me aside and say, you know, I've never heard that before. And now I understand what what I've been going through. Um, so and that's why I say it's sometimes misunderstood a little bit in our culture. Um, that maybe it's just this thing that you get over within a couple of years or once that person's better, they're better and you're better. But that's not how it works. I can I've just heard so many other military spouses who don't realize that there are things that you have to grieve. There's different yes. levels of grief. Right? There is. Yes. And um, I, I know exactly what you're talking about because there's so many military spouses whose, whose service members come home different. Yes. Right? Some of them yeah. don't have, um, they haven't lost their eyesight or they may not have a visible wound or a lasting you know, change in a physical sense. But I hear spouses all the time say that same thing that I didn't realize I needed to grieve things, but I'm resentful and I'm frustrated and I'm unsettled and discontent and I don't know what to do with myself because I don't know this change is not, it's not changing. Like it's not going away. Yeah. It's forever different. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. So you had, walk me through then you got to this place where you wondered if God had a purpose for you. Yes. What happened? At that point. Yeah, I just absolutely had convinced myself um, that I was dying, you know, sort of that there was this was the end of my road. Um, I had some terminal illness and maybe being a nurse played into this a little bit because we take every every little thing we feel or see, you know, and <laughs> diagnose ourselves. Um but I literally was dying. And I say that because it was like a rebirth mm. um, for me. And looking back now, I can see the writing on the wall. But in the moment, I, I seriously um, was spent emotionally, physically. Um, and I think what the, the beauty of how God created us is that we will feel things in our body um, that he wants us to go through. So... I couldn't recognize that I needed grief, but it's what I was, it's what my body was telling me, um, that I needed to grieve. So it's interesting. I just hit this point where literally I thought I was, I was dying. Um, and it, I wasn't, I was fine. Um, but it was a rebirth for me. So it was a moment where I started to work on, um, my own personal development. I started, um, working on my relationship with the Lord. I started loving myself again. I started taking self-care um, 
um, finding parameters that fit into taking care of myself and started to value the importance of that. Um, so I, I took like this radical change um, to what I was doing prior. And I think if I could tell people, you know, one thing is to, I don't let like, uh, don't let the influence of others on the outside or what they say affect what you know your faith journey is and the road that God's leading you on. And I think that was probably the hardest part. Like I mentioned earlier, it's just being misunderstood or people saying like, well, why are you doing that? Or why? But you know, your journey, you know, your relationship with the Lord and that's your relationship with your husband, your kids, that's the path you're on. So I just took this radical turn and, um, you know, I went back to work as a nurse after being out of the field for 15 years, which was a huge step for me. I mean, that was, yeah, it was, it was unbelievable. And I was able to, um, I was working at an OBGYN clinic with women, ironically, and I, it just exposed me to so many stories and, and so much hurt and so much room for, for growth and for encouragement and empowerment within each other. And that's what ultimately sort of led me to launching my website and starting to write and to share my journey um, on a different level. I'm not working as a nurse, but I still feel like everything I'm doing goes back to um, my desire to be a nurse when I was in kindergarten. That is, it's an incredible place for us to talk about what you're doing now and how you're redeeming yeah. all of these things that happened in the past, right? Because in those yes. moments where you feel like you're dying, yes. it feels like <laughs> literally everything is over. Everything, yeah. like there yes. is nothing after that yes. chapter. Right. And I've been thinking a lot lately about how we have these beautiful backstories, right? Like you said, mm-hmm. I've always wanted to be this nurse or something in me that wanted to bring life out of people that wanted to care for people that wanted to do something big and have an impact. Right. Yes, And that that's always been in you. And God has known that since the beginning of time, Yes, you know, and then to bring you to this place, this chapter, several chapters of your life, right. Where there's heartache and the trauma that you guys went through. And I'm, I can only imagine the dark moments that both of you individually and together went through trying to figure out, your view of where God is in all of that and what does God want you to do with all of that and on a daily basis trying to figure that out. And mm-hmm. that moment when you feel like you're dying and you feel like there is there can't be anything past this. Right. Right. And I feel like that's where some people are. Like somebody is listening right. to this podcast Absolutely. right now and they feel like I don't have a purpose. I don't yep. know how I'm going to get through this circumstance or this is too hard. Like surely mm-hmm. God... Um, surely God wouldn't allow me to go through something this hard if he loved me. Right. 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 Yes. Yeah. I remember feeling that. I remember thinking, you know, um, why can't you take this away from me? Like you've seen how much I've already suffered, um, in what I went through. So why, why are you allowing me to feel this way? Like, why are you leaving me in this spot where I'm feel like I'm dying? Like if you loved me, you would take this away from me. But what I've learned is it's a journey Mm -hmm. Um, and it's a process. And it's for me, you know, in those times when I thought it was the end and I wanted to quit, those were the exact moments when um, making that choice to step out in faith was the exact, like it was the perfect moment where God just met me there um, and pulled me out, you know? So it's, there's so many times I wanted to quit. I'm not going to lie. Like Mm -hmm. there's, Um, but that, those were the moments that God showed up, um, 
so being willing to, I finally came to that point where I'm like, I just have to be willing to, to be used, um, and to move forward, um, that God doesn't intend to leave us in those places. He didn't create us to stay in those places. And, you know, very quickly I started to realize too, that the enemy will try to tell you that that's where you should be and that's where you should stay. And, and that's not truth. So I've had to work a lot on my mental game too, um, in speaking truth and life to myself, um, which is a huge part of my journey as well. So you are now um, branching out and bringing purpose out of all this pain by encouraging other women to share their stories yeah. and to walk into this journey, um, to apply those truths to their mind and the power of the mind. Yeah. So yes. I've been um, sharing this idea lately. I mean, like literally in the last week or two has, <laughs> has been the launch of Life Giver Stories. But um, really... It's this idea of true healing comes when we can bring purpose out of our pain and share yes. that with somebody else. And yes. somebody else gets encouraged because yes. they're in that chapter, right? Yeah. And it's my favorite part of working with people and being a part of their story is getting to see this beautiful moment where they finally stop hiding, right? Yeah. And it's an appropriate time. Yes. It's the right time to start, exactly. start sharing that story. Yep. So, yeah. um, Tell us about what you're doing. First yeah. of all, I want to hear what you're doing. And then I want us to talk a little bit more about what is what is this um, speaking truth in your mind and this part yes. of your journey that you've really been telling other people about. So tell us about the story by faith. Yes. So um, as you've heard, my journey, um, you know, has been many twists and turns and um, different ways of just trying to, you know, figure out, God, what do you want from me? And, and who am I again? Um, and that's sort of what inspired me to start Story by Faith. And right now it's just a one-day conference that I'm hosting on February 17th in Tri-Cities, Washington. Um, and it's to bring together women from, you know, all walks of life uh, to come together and learn how to use our God-given stories, our talents um, that he gives each of us to make an impact, whether that's in our families, our communities, this world, whatever it is, um, to empower and inspire each other. So the first part of the session is going to focus on words um, and the power of words and the power of what we tell ourselves. And there'll actually be some homework to take home, um, some journaling on just recording um, sort of your subconscious. Like, what are you telling yourself? Like you're driving in the car, going to kid pickup and what's going through your head. Mm -hmm. um, that was incredibly life-changing to me when I started to write out those thoughts that aren't even spoken sometimes. Um, but what it's what we're telling ourselves. So the first part of the session, we'll focus on that. Um, we're gonna have a wonderful lunch together. Then we're also going to go through and look at some of the women in the Bible and the importance of their stories and how we can glean from them, um, to today in our stories, what we can learn from them and how they relate to what we're doing today as women. Um, and then at the end, there'll be uh, a panel when we'll talk about um, our past, present, future, kind of mapping out, you know, where we've been, where we're at and what our future is, because your past does not have to define what your future is going to be. And um, so we'll talk about that and write down tangible ways to um, reach those goals and reach out, get accountability partners if you wish. So, and then do the panel and then we're going to do celebrations and networking and, um, it's going to be a wonderful day. And I, I can't wait. It's like, it's like my heart is exploding with just everything that, you know, I, if you would have told me I'd be doing this 
three years ago, I would have laughed and said, there's no way I could do this. Well, and you've done so <laughs> much more than that, too. I mean, Aww. you are partnering with the Elizabeth Dole Foundation just this week. You were at the State of, State of the Union address. Yes. Yes, right, you were invited incredible. there. It was an incredible experience. So God is redeeming so many things. Yeah. What what was it that shifted in you? Did you have a moment where something shifted in you where you started to realize that now I'm starting to live and bring this purpose out of this struggle? Yeah, you know, I I so as I was going through my journey, I started to, you know, kind of struggle. I I always not that I got resentful, but I was kind of like, you know, man, Scotty always had someone mentoring him. He always had someone like giving him a a hand, like here, I'll help you. Or, you know, and I kind of started to feel like I don't have anyone. That's not fair. Like as women, why do I not have someone? Why is there someone not reaching out to me? You know, all those things that we say, but honestly, when I started to really take a step forward was when I began to get or have a mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just started to speak life into me and speak truth into me and helped me just reorganize my thoughts and help me really just to open my eyes to a whole new perspective that God might have for me and to really change my wording. You know, a lot of stuff I was saying is like, well, I should do this or I should do that. And so just changing my language and changing, um, the vision that God would want for me, you know, really focusing on that. And as I began to do that, you know, it's truly incredible. I think when we can open our hearts, um, sort of essentially to our pain and being willing to be open. I have more women in my life now than I've ever had before. And I, you know, I think it's, that's part of my journey. That's part, that's why I am able to do what I am doing today. It's not, I'm not doing it alone. There's a tribe, there's a team. And so it's out there. You know, I look back and think, oh, how sad. What if I would have stayed in that place where I thought, well, the mentors are only for Scotty or the help is only for men or it's not. And, And once I was able to reach out and get connected with incredible networks of women, you know, that's when God really started to open up so many doors and amazing things started to happen. So one of the things I keep hearing you mention is this shifting of your mind that you had to do yes. over the over different points of your story. And it's almost like if you're reading a novel, if you're reading a story, right, there's these, this common theme that's happening. Yes. Right? Yeah. And it sounds like that was one of the themes for you is just this kind of these wake up calls of realizing that yeah. what you were thinking was not sending you down the right path. Right. Right. And so you had exactly. to adjust your thinking and adjust yes. the wording in your mind. So, yes. and that's a lot of what you were talking about. You're wanting to do at this conference, the story by faith yes. conference is to be able to help people, um, understand the power of their words, understand the power of the mind and what happens yes. when you shift those things. So talk to me a little bit about that journey for you. Yes. Yeah, so it was, um, you know, it's interesting cause I never even really realized the power, you know, that we possess in our minds. And I guess I probably should have given everything I spoke into Scotty and like, then what you speak, you become, and you know, it's like right there in front of my eyes. But to get to do it for myself was like I mentioned earlier, it was a whole nother journey. Um, but what I did was I started, I kept a journal and I just wrote down, um, thoughts that I was thinking subconsciously, like maybe just driving to the grocery store or 
whatever it was. And it was really eye-opening to me. Um, The negative words that I was saying to myself, the lies, like, you're not enough. You're not good enough. Oh, you mess everything up. Oh, you can't do that right. You never do that right. Um, oh, you're just overwhelmed. You're, you have too much on your plate. All of this just over and over and over this, that was the story I was telling myself and that's not truth. So if God's calling me to live in truth, then I came to this conviction that I have to think in truth. Mm. Um, so then I would write counter. So anytime I wrote a negative thing, I would write truth. So either scripture Or I would write just the truth that, you know, God loves me. I'm capable. He created me to do this. Otherwise, he wouldn't have asked me to walk this path. Um, So I just write down these sorts of things. And it was truly incredible. um, The mind shift that it's just habits, right? It's habits that I had created in my own head. And so once I could create positive habits, once I could create habits of truth, um, habits of scripture habits that just filled my mind with who God created me to be. It was a huge improvement, um, in my daily life and a huge improvement, my daily attitude, um, night and day. And I still go back and do that every now and then, you know, I'll just just pull out my thought journal and get to work and get myself back on track. Um, but the power of our minds are, it's, it's honestly so incredible, um, that we can actually like, change the dendrites, um, and how they form and how we think. Um, and often the rut that we're in is just because that's a habit, you know, that we've created that that's the place we have to be in, but it's truly not. Um, we don't have to live in that rut and we can recreate new habits and new thoughts that are life giving, um, and help us fulfill our purpose. So I was going to ask you, and you kind of answered it a little bit, but yeah. I was going to ask you, what what is your life like now after changing some of those habits versus where you were? I imagine, I guess the, the darkest place would have been this point where you felt like yeah. you were dying, right? When there right. was no purpose whatsoever. Right. So right. what has changed? What's shifted? What's different? And I we, I know you're not perfect, right? We still have yeah, no, rough I'm days. Not. You're a mom of like three boys, so I know your life yeah. isn't perfect, right? <laughs> Not, not at all. <laughs> so what what would you say is different now because you started to shift your mind? So what is different now is I see the possibility. Um, I, I see my purpose. Um, I see the potential. And I see the value in my life. I see the value of what God has called me to be you know, who he created me to be as a little girl, um, wanting to be a nurse or that's like reinvigorated in me that I can live, um, basically my essential self, like who, who I am. And there's nothing more freeing than really, really living out your full purpose Mm -hmm. of who God created you to be. It's absolutely freeing. Um, so let me ask you a tough question. Yeah, absolutely. I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. Um, how would you then, because we get this question all the time, what is my purpose, right? Yes. Well, I don't, yes. I don't know if I have a purpose. I've, I'm taking care of everybody else but myself. Do I right. have a purpose, right? Right, so right. So what do you say now is your purpose? 
Um, number one, my purpose is to serve my husband, love the Lord. I'm sorry. Number, number one, love the Lord. And, and my relationship with him has changed in a way that, um, I'm very much so, I just sort of talk to him all the time, I guess. It's, a, it's sort of a different, you know, he's always, I'm always talking. I'm always chatting, um, to serve my husband, serve my children, and then live out my purpose, um, for the work that God would have me to do, like with my own hands. Um, and right now that purpose is very much so to serve women, um, and to encourage women and to bring together women, um, for, for a greater purpose and bring together women to continue to make an impact and change in our families and, and this country. What do you hope to encourage the women, especially that are coming to the story by faith conference? What do you hope to encourage them in? Um, I hope to encourage, I hope that they will leave knowing their value and their worth and their talent and that they will be encouraged to step out in faith, um, to, you know, whether it's starting a new business or, you know, being more present at home or being more interactive with, with their kids, whatever it is, I hope that they will leave knowing that they have the tools and the capabilities to do that. So this is such a risky thing, right? To ask people yes. to do, not to come to the conference. I don't think that's a huge, no, no. <laughs> but I think that what you are, what you're saying is essentially when you're at your uh, most hopeless place, it's such a huge risk, isn't it? Yes. To say there's yes. gotta be something more yes. in this. And right. when people come together and they're trying to figure out what their purpose is, I think that that's the biggest fear is what if right. there isn't a purpose for me? Right. And that takes such a right. vulnerable risk to admit that and to right. say, I'm going to look for that. And that's what I love about even the name of this conference story by faith, because yeah. faith really is taking that risk yes. and trusting that God does have a purpose for you, even if you feel like you don't have one. Right. Absolutely. And, and that's, yeah, faith is a big thing because faith for me on so many occasions, faith has required me to take action. So in order to have faith, you need to act on it. And every time I have done that, there's been incredible beauty on the other side of that. Um, and that's what I want to share with the women as well, to, to step out in faith, to step out in courage, that, that that's what God calls us to do. He doesn't want to, he doesn't, you know, he didn't set us free to then have us live in chains, live in chains of fear. Um, so that's a big thing for me too, is I no longer, you know, I try not to live in fear. Um, I can feel it and I know it's there and often I've learned then that means I need to go do it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so then the faith part counteracts the fear part. And I just, you know, story by faith is absolutely, it's, it's doing something that maybe you thought you would never be able to do. That's the faith part. And God rewards those who, who step out for that. So you've mentioned several times about your journey. And how, mm -hmm. and you also mentioned that this lowest of lows came, I just want to remind everybody, this low point for you came 10 years after the actual trauma happened to Scotty. Um, so talk to me for a minute about your understanding of time. Uh, you know, I kind of said like, I wanted God just to take it away. Like I wanted it changed now. And I wanted it immediately. But you know, what's interesting is, and God's like, okay, I'll change it, but you need to trust me. <laughs> you know, you need to walk here with me. And 
that's what's been interesting too. I call it a journey because if anything, I've learned that it doesn't just happen like this, but it's a, it's a daily choice. You know, what are you going to choose today? It's, it's the small steps. It's just waking up and showing up every day. And eventually those small little steps, I mean, you might take a few steps backwards. That's okay. Mm -hmm. But they'll eventually lead to like bigger leaps and bounds. And, you know, it's just, it's that consistency of showing up every day and being willing to start something, even if you don't know the outcome of it. Um, I, I remember just knowing that I, I wanted to write and I wanted to share. And so I started my blog really other than no other reason than I just felt led to share it. Um, and I had no idea what it would lead to, but when you step out, just those one little steps, each one leads to another. Um, and I think that's the, that's the beauty of it, that, that it is a journey. And I don't think we would learn the lessons if it just happened like that, mm -hmm. um, that our purpose is often unveiled in unlikely places. Yeah. Um, and as I listen to you and as I see your face, your face is so lit up with joy. Uh -oh. And considering you just got back from DC, like, <laughs> I, I know you've got to be tired, but there is a joy about you yes. that um, didn't happen overnight. And to no. me, when I listen to you, my heart just leaps a little bit because, you know, this, the amount of struggle and the amount of work and the amount of effort that you've gone through um, has, you've sowed that seed, right? It's yeah. like you've done your part. And then I think God not only matches that, but he blesses yeah. far beyond that. And yeah. I don't think it's always fully dependent on our effort because God is a great right. father who wants Absolutely. to definitely bless you and gift you and yes. give you rest and give you peace. Yes. Um, and that we don't have to always earn that, right? Right. But there are times, Absolutely. like you're saying, where he calls you to take that step of faith and do an act and do something. Yeah. And he has great reward and great harvest planned yeah. for that. And so when I, when I listen to you and I see you now, the joy that I see from you is that God has opened up this season of influence and favor for you because mm -hmm. of um, your obedience of doing that hard work, because you've walked through these dark places and, and now he is opening up just this amazing opportunity for you to have influence into the lives of other women, other people to consider their own story, that there can be something past yeah. the rough chapters. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And there's no way you could have done that for them 10 years ago. No way. No, no. Or even, you know, three years ago when I just started writing, um, that it's, it's, it is a journey. Healing is a journey. Our, you know, our purpose, like we've been talking about a lot on here is a journey and our faith is a journey. Um, but I think often sort of our protective mechanisms try to tell us to keep it tight and don't don't share it. When in reality, when we do share it, it's a blessing. Um, you know, there's healing and there's restoration that can occur. And I think we all want that um, in our lives for whatever we're going through and wherever we're at. So let me ask you one other question before you wrap up. Um, and this, I don't know if this is a difficult question to answer. Um, but you said in the beginning that when you first started to say something and you first started to reach out and test the waters, mm -hmm. um, you, you yeah. didn't get the reaction that you, I guess, were expecting and you left right. disappointed and feeling isolated. Right. And today 
you're encouraging people to share their story. So what's different? <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, something um, that's always stuck with me, and I, I tried to, um, you know, do this with my kids and with Scotty, and, but I try to be for others what I never had. Mm. Um, so if I can provide a space where women can be heard and their stories can be told, then I know what can happen on the other side of that because of the journey that I had to go through. So that's why I encourage them to continue sharing and continue um, doing that because the beauty of it on the other side is restoration and healing. So if I can provide something for women that I never had, Mm. then I have to believe that God could use it to, to help change others, their lives. Isn't that a whole other lesson on what it means to listen to a person's story, right? Yeah, that is huge lesson there. But also, um, when you're teaching people to tell their story, um, that we also have to talk about why we're sharing our story. Yes. And what it is that we're expecting to get from sharing our story. Do you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Yes. Yes. So absolutely. what are your thoughts now that you're kind of, you've experienced this, you've experienced sharing your story and having it not bounce back the way that you wanted. Yeah. yeah. Um, you've also experienced sharing your story and like mountains moving. Right. And yeah. so, yeah. um, teaching people then what are the expectations for what we're hoping to get back? What do you tell people now? Yeah, that's, that is a good question. Um, and I think the best I could say is maybe that's a space where God just has to work because maybe you shouldn't have expectations, mm-hmm. um, that he will heal and restore. Um, but you can't like, I think I was putting too much expectation on others, honestly. And you know, it just, it, you know, I, like you said, I wouldn't get what I wanted or, you know, honestly in the situations where mountains have moved, it's honestly not been because of me. Mm -hmm. Um, it's because I didn't have an expectation there and, and it came around full full circle. So I hope that that is a message also that we'll journey through and learn through and, um, you know, grow through to get to that place where, um, you know, you're not relying on someone else for a certain expectation because it often will just leave you disappointed. And mm-hmm. I think we've all been there before, you know, mm-hmm. in life. Um, I so. love that answer. I so love that answer because um, I think you're right. And I think that's what God has been teaching me as well in the last yeah. year or so is um, the accidental acceptance that we look for from other people, right? And yes, yes, there's a season of life that, you know, we find ourselves people pleasing and, and maybe right. overcommitting and, and things like right. that. But there's another level of acceptance that we sometimes don't even realize that we are going out into the world and you know that you're doing it if you come home constantly disappointed, right? Yes. Or you feel the constant disappointment of other people and beginning to ask yourself, what is my expectation? And I, right. I couldn't have said it better than what you said. And it was such a ministry even to my own heart, you saying it oh. that way to say, you know, the mountains moved when I didn't have the expectation yeah. of what would happen. That the, the courage yeah. it takes to share your story and saying, 
I only have a story because God gave me a story yeah. and I'm not responsible with what he does with it. Yes, absolutely. That's it. Okay. That's it. Well, I am, <laughs> it is such a joy, such a joy to talk to you. Um, I am so proud of you for being obedient to just taking the next step, just each day taking the next step and doing whatever God asked you to do mm -hmm. and trusting that he had a plan. Um, yes. That yes. something tragic can happen in your life and, and we may never have meaning for it. Right. It may never make sense. Right, absolutely. Um, and we may never know whether God just allowed it or whether he knew it was going to, I mean, I think there's a whole other debate on that, right? Did God yeah. know it was going to happen? Absolutely. Did he plan it? Did he inflict it? Did he like, I mean, there's so many questions that you have yes. to go through in yes. order to walk through that journey. But the yeah. point is, is that you can ask all those questions and answer all those questions. And like you said, go get the counseling, go get the coaching so that yes. you can take those next steps. And I'm so proud of you for doing that and being obedient because what God mm -hmm. has opened um, for you, the level of influence that he's open to encourage and minister to so many people because you were so obedient in those little moments is such a blessing to watch. And I hope those that are listening are able to say, you know what, it may not be my turn yet. That influence and favor may not be designed for me right now. But if I can just take the next step and take the risk to figure out what that story is, yes. that God will open up an opportunity for me to share Absolutely. that story. Absolutely. That's, I love, I love saying that, you know, God, God never brings us to a place to say, okay, you have no opportunity here. Hmm. You know, he never does that in any place you are, wherever you are, there's always opportunity. Always. Well, thank you so much, Tiffany, for sharing your story today. Um, if you would like to hear more of Tiffany's story, um, especially just what the walking through those little steps were like for her. Um, make sure you register for the Military Spouse Wellness Summit. Um, she also has this amazing conference that is right around the corner yes. um, in February, Story by Faith, and up in Washington. Um, I am praying huge blessing on that event um, and on the future vision of that in case God opens the doors for more people to be able to walk through and learn that from you. Um, but if nothing else, I hope people are encouraged today that wherever they're at, that they have a story and they have a purpose. Um, and we just have to take that next step and take the risk to discover what that is. So Tiffany, thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank you. Um, and thank you for joining us today too. Absolutely. It was super fun. Thank you.